Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 106. And today is going to be a very fun episode, as it is, we are finally getting into the NFL season. Today is the first, or the last episode, I guess, before the uh, Mm -hmm. NFL season kicks off. So We're really working hard to get this to you. We're actually recording this in the middle of a tornado. Yeah, we are literally in the middle of a natural disaster. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. You might see water start pouring in behind me through this window, but who knows? Yeah, we're recording this on a Tuesday today. Easton, you're going on a trip. Yeah, tomorrow I get to leave with just my ma. Me and her are going to Mount Rushmore. She called me a couple weeks ago, spur of the moment, was like, let's go to Mount Rushmore. And I was like, I got nothing better to do. Like, what else am I going to do? And you're also the biggest impulse decision guy, like, Bro, ever, too. So. It doesn't take much to convince me. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, so. somebody... Let's go do this. I'm like, eh, and they're like, you'll have fun. I'm like, okay, we're, we're gone. <laughs> all right, that's all I need to know. Um, so, yeah, we're filming this on a Tuesday. Usually, because um, obviously we're going to do weekly picks today, we'll be doing these, our weekly picks episodes every Wednesday. But it's, this one will definitely be out by Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for Yeah, we're doing the, the top 10 power forwards today. Yeah, we're doing top 10 power forwards. We're going to try to be doing the top 10 each position until this NBA season starts. And then maybe a top 25. We don't really know yet. Probably top 25. Maybe a top 30. Maybe, yeah. Because 30 is also a good number. 30 is a good number. Um, But, yeah, let's let's just get right into it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. First things first, though, college football is finally here. Week one of college football happened, and it was a pretty eventful week. Mm -hmm. Um, Started off with some Big Ten play on Friday night. The Michigan State Spartans took down Northwestern. And the Wake Forest transfer running back, Kenneth Walker the third, absolutely balled out, like 264 yards, I think, four TDs, just absolutely exploded for the Spartans. And their defense looked pretty good as well. So mm-hmm. a great start to the year for Mel Tucker and this brand-new MSU squad because it's all, the whole team is transfers pretty much. Yeah, so. and that Alabama corner, he's nice. He yeah, he played nice. really well. I'm excited for MSU season. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, obviously, week one, I don't want to overreact or anything, but it it can't get much worse than last year. I mean, they weren't very good last year. so No, it really can't. <laughs> they have a big uh, game, not this week, but in next. Well, they play, um, they play a bad team this week. I think Youngstown State, I think, is who they play, and then they take on Miami, Florida. So that's going to be a really big game for them. Miami played Alabama this week and lost to them. So that's going to be a huge game for MSU. Mm-hmm. Then you go down, right down Ann Arbor, Michigan, <laughs> Western Michigan playing. Uh, this was a fun game to watch until the upsetting news and watching Ronnie Bell yep. get carted off. Uh, he was having a monster game. I don't know what it is with Michigan and having their best wide receivers also do punt returns. <laughs> they did it with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, now they're going with Ronnie Bell. I really hope this is like a sign of like hey let's not just put do your this. fastest dude just back put there. somebody back there who's like not Corum a, a whole it. offense like <laughs> ronnie bell had like 170 yards total granted he had like a 66 yard punt return but he made a slick catch where he got called back yeah crazy Bullshit. good catch that was early catch or if that doesn't get called back it's an early nomination for catch of the year yeah I easily agree. uh but he was balling out and we ended up he got hurt. He's tore ACL. So yeah. shout out Ronnie Bell, but can't wait to have you back next year. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he has one year left of eligibility. We'll see if he mm-hmm. goes to the draft or not. I'd assume he's probably going to come back just because of this very unfortunate, you know, mm-hmm. injury that happened to him. The, um, the Michigan quarterback situation is going to be interesting as yeah, the year goes on. Yeah, didn't get fixed from this game. Um, and like obviously, I think everyone kind of expected Cade to be the starter. Just because he played well when he came in last year, he has the more experience than uh, McCarthy. But McCarthy, at the same time as this highly prospect, played well in the time he did get. I mean, I think at some point you're going to see J.J. take over this season. No, mm-hmm. no matter even if Kate is playing well, I think that there will at least be a game where J.J. starts the game, I think. J.J. is nuts. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he's an unreal quarterback, and... Easily could be one of the top quarterbacks in college football in the next coming years. He is unreal. Has a chance, yeah, yeah definitely. That, that throw that we were looking, me and Willie were looking at, where he throws it 40 yards across, across the, field. the field. Yeah, that was a very, very ballsy throw. <laughs> ballsy one, but, throw. And he pulled it off, though. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy play. And I love seeing, uh, I love hearing the players talk about, 
you know, how this season looks different for them. And I'm really hoping it stands true. And they're saying, you know, every week we're going to prepare like we're playing Ohio State. And, yeah, like we're going to come with that same intensity as if it's Ohio State week. And obviously if players have to say this, that's something that's been lacking in the past few years. Uh, like you should be game playing like that no matter what. No should, matter what. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's been Jim Harbaugh's biggest knock so far in his career. Players don't seem excited. Like at Michigan so far, when a big game comes around, Michigan comes out and falls flat on their face every time. And they look flat coming out. They don't look excited. They look nervous, not pumped up. Uh, it's nice to see that might finally be changing. We'll see uh, next week they take on Washington. Giles Jackson revenge game. Um, it's, this is, you know, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not just saying this cause I'm not a Michigan fan, but last year, Michigan had a really big win week one against mm-hmm. Minnesota, killed them really seemed like they got over in their heads a little bit and lost to a really bad Michigan state team the week after. So in a big game though, I mean, obviously Huge that's game. a big game and just kind of looking the same right now. So hopefully they can not have the same scenario as last year, at least, and win this big game next week against Washington. I think you just got to realize that you're not. As much as like Michigan is Michigan and like it's a good football school and everybody knows that. Lately you haven't been the Michigan of old. You guys yeah. we've been really struggling. And it's like you're not invincible. I mean the Michigan, Michigan team has been better in the last like three or four years than it has been the five or six years mm-hmm. before that, that stretch. But it's just the expectations are much higher than they used to be though. Yeah. With absolutely. Jim Harbaugh, with always having a great recruiting class. It wasn't really like that like eight, nine years ago, but mm-hmm. Now it, uh, it things are a little different, but it Washington lost though. They I forgot who they lost to, but they they got upset by somebody. So were they ranked? Yeah, uh, I if they were, they they might have been ranked, but they were like they sh- maybe they were close to being ranked if they weren't. But yeah, that's I don't know if that's good or bad for Michigan though, because then it's like, are they gonna? I just want them. To is it gonna make, make Washington have a chip on their shoulder and like now that we have to win this game, can't start zero two. Whether or not they have the chip on their shoulder, the way they've been talking this year, says that they should come out with more energy than Washington. Yeah. But this is like that first step in proving it. Is this year really the year where it's different, where we're starting somewhere new and doing something right. a lot different? Um, moving on, though, from Michigan, Michigan State talk. The big-time college football game of the week was Georgia-Clemson, number five-ranked Georgia versus number three Clemson. And a defensive-minded game, which was not really what expected. I mean, Georgia has one of the best defenses in college football. But still, anytime Clemson is playing in a game, you're going to expect high score. I mean, that's just how it has been the last several years. But they don't have Trevor Lawrence anymore. And not saying that I'm I'm a DJ is what I'm going to call him because I cannot say his last <laughs> like name. Ugalele. Ugalele, something yeah. like that. But um, he's still one. Of, I mean, supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football this year. But that Georgia defense played really well. The only touchdown of the game was the pick six for Georgia. Um, and this was, I mean, it, it was really cool to see Georgia pull off the win, though. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy who took the over on the score of this game. To, it was like 45 or something I was like going to say, the over was probably high, too. It was like 44 and a half oh or maybe 48. He took, he took the over on that. Yeah, that was... Uh... Biting his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's so hard to take the under, though, because then you have to root for a boring, boring game. game. <laughs> who, who wants to yeah, do that? Exactly. Especially when it's Clemson and Georgia. Two yeah. teams, I don't really care who wins. I just want a good football game. Exactly. I'm not going to root for a defensive-minded game. Um, And then another like important college football game that happened, Notre Dame uh, played Florida State and almost lost. Uh, did you see how the how this game ended? Mm-mm, I didn't so, see So, like, apparently or it was uh, – Notre Dame was up by was winning, and Florida State kicked a field goal to either tie the game or win the game, and they they made it, and it was like a forty some yard field goal. But there was a penalty, or there was they called a timeout, or something happened where they had to redo the kick, and it was a closer kick though; it wasn't a farther kick, okay. and the Florida State kicker missed it, and so huh? Notre Dame won. Yeah, <laughs> that is how I know, dude. That is like but Notre Dame. I mean, they're you know they were a college football playoff team last year. Um, one of the best in the nation, and they kind of all got off to a rocky start to start their year too. So Oklahoma was another team that had a Spencer Rattler, supposed to be a Heisman watch guy. They yeah, almost they lost shake. to what Tulane, I think, yeah, was the he team had a they shaky played. Shaky game, yeah, or Toledo. It was yeah, it was one like not good school, yeah. like a school they should kill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then um, Oregon Ohio State is next week, and Oregon almost lost to 
to some school to Fresno State, I think, too. So There was another crazy close game by yes, bad teams. Maybe it was the Oklahoma game. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Was that the one that was on during the Clemson, Georgia that we were watching? Um, or there was another game on. I don't there. think so. I don't uh, remember. Uh, oh, it was on during the Michigan game. Whatever game was on during the Michigan game. I think that was the Oklahoma, Oklahoma game. Was, yeah. yeah. But um, And then Penn State beat Wisconsin as well, so that's another Big Ten matchup with a great game. And what, what are those two ranked? They were both in the teens. I think uh, Wisconsin was ranked a little higher than Penn State, but Penn so, State got the win. So Ohio State's the highest-ranked Big Ten team. Is that then? That is it. Penn State, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, because Michigan wasn't. State Not isn't. Ranked. I don't know if there's any other teams that are Minnesota that are wouldn't ranked. be right. No, I don't think they were. Because they uh they lost to Ohio mm-hmm. State, so they played pretty well though. Yeah. Oh, Indiana is probably ranked. They they're probably ranked. But there's yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't know that. I was curious because I was thinking if Michigan's not ranked, if they're not ranked, they are one of the better Big Ten teams, anyways. So. Yeah, yeah. Is that pretty much it for college football talk? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I am excited to watch uh, DJ play more. I, I was I wasn't like overly impressed by him, but you got to realize, I mean, it's George's defense, but I, I like the way he plays. And he played good last year when mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence was out from COVID and stuff too. So I like the way he looks. I like the way he, like. Looks while he plays. <laughs> oh, you're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks great while he plays. <laughs> so let's move on um, to some NBA news. We had, uh, shortly after our podcast last week, a trade went down in the NBA, and this one hit close to home as the Detroit Pistons sent Sekou Dumboya, Jaleel Okafor to the Brooklyn Nets for veteran center DeAndre Jordan and four second-round picks. The Pistons, shortly after, said they're going to waive DeAndre Jordan, and that wave actually became official today. Pretty much, they're going to be paying DeAndre Jordan $8 million this year and next year, so $16 million total. He gave back $4 million of his $20 mil he was owed. And Brooklyn also traded us like $5 mil in the trade, too. Yeah, so, so like, it's not even, we're only paying him. Like and it's like, we're not going to be spending that money anyways. Like, no. this, it's it's pretty much only going to affect next, or this upcoming offseason, which is, like, not even going to be a big one anyways. It's probably yeah. going to be the one after that I think Troy Weaver's just going to go out and get some solid role players and wait to make his big splash. Yeah. Hopefully. But what what do we think, though? I mean, so pretty much we trade away, because I'm – I'm seeing mixed emotions from or mixed results from Pistons fans about this trade because, yes, Seku was a guy that we didn't know how good he really is going to end up being, but he's also we're also a rebuilding franchise that traded away one of our youngest players to pay a guy that's not even going to play for us, you know? I mean, the alternative is just more minutes for the guys who have already proven themselves. We've got so many young guys on the team. Now we're having to sit here and pick and choose our young guys. Uh Felt like the same thing kind of happened with Chris Middleton, where it was picking and choosing, and Chris Middleton was the guy we didn't pick or choose, yeah. and it was like, oh shit, shouldn't dealt him away. That one's a little different though. He was kind of just a throw into that trade. Yeah, like, he wasn't very, and he he, he wasn't a good player. No, he had no. Well, obviously, Seku isn't, but Seku was a first round pick. Like Middleton yep. was just a random. And I was like, the French connection is now gone between him and Killian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know who Killian is going to speak French with on the team now. <laughs> But, like, you got to get somebody, somebody in there. To, yeah. uh, but this is, I, I like the trade a lot. I love the four seconds because Troy Weaver is either going to pick, you know, Luca Garza, Isaiah Livers, those type guys, or he's going to trade them away, which I, I assume he'll do because we don't need many more second round yeah, draft picks. Yeah, I think they're on this all team. from different years, though, too. Aren't yeah, they? there's like yeah. one from like 2027. And yeah. Like, way A lot of late. future picks, uh, which is perfect. Uh, and then the thing that Barry Hill said to me, too, that kind of made me like a cool with it too is one of those second round picks or whatever we do will probably turn out to be a better player than Seku. Oh, easily. Like, I would I would think so. I mean, but like there's a there's a chance. Um but Seku, I mean, it does suck to see him leave. Like I wouldn't have minded him staying on the team. We talked about him possibly getting moved. And it it does suck cuz he was our first round pick from only like 2 years ago, but Troy Weaver clearly wants the guys that he wants on this team, and Seku was a guy that he didn't draft. So pretty much everyone on, not pretty much, this everyone on this Troy team Weavers, is no. Troy Weaver's team. So it's cool to see that um, Okafor getting moved. I'm fine with that because now uh, Isaiah Stewart is going to get a lot more playing time, and we won't have to worry about, you know, o- I mean, last year there was just so many games where Okafor would be in, and it was just like, dude, why is Isaiah Stewart yep. playing 18 minutes and Okafor is playing 20? Like, mm-hmm. Give Okafor five minutes. And that's what you're doing with Seku, getting rid of both those guys. Just open up the floor for so many more minutes for 
other guys. And now you don't have to worry about Seku. Yeah. Keep looking at him at the bench saying, oh, man, I want to get you in, but you know, we're within 10 points. <laughs> we yeah. can't put you in, buddy. <laughs> and there, a move did need to be made by the Pistons because we had one uh, over the roster spot or roster how many you're allowed. Now we have two open and spots. Now right? we have one open spot because we traded two guys away, got DeAndre Jordan, and then cut DeAndre Jordan, but we were one over. So, Well, then you take away two. We were one over before, so that makes gives us one open spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we are, now we have an extra spot, and it's really weird because now I'm seeing talks that they're going to – Troy Weaver's probably going to make another trade because it doesn't make sense for us to sign somebody this late and – so I was reading an article this morning that was saying expect this to be the first of a series of moves for Troy Weaver and the Pistons. Timeout. You we lost we have three one, players. So, so, so we, we lost have, three. Players, you can have though. fifteen players, yeah. right? You can have fifteen. We had sixteen. Got one rid of needed two. to go. Got rid of two. Got one. And got rid of him. So so we gained two. So yeah. we have fourteen. So we need one more. No, we gained three. <laughs> no, we didn't, Easton. No, we didn't. So. We had 16 guys. Yeah. Traded away two. So minus two. We have 14 Minus guys. two. That's 14. You, we don't even have to conclude DeAndre Jordan. That's 14. Oh, I see now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Duh. Yeah. It's not like we had DeAndre Jordan in, in first. <laughs> yeah, so we have right. one open right. spot. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's if we're going to make a move, a trade. I really don't know. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, I'm super excited for this Pistons team this year. Me too. Year. I can't wait. I can literally cannot wait for this whole season. <laughs> um, Yeah, is that pretty much it for, for NBA talk, though? Are we ready to... Oh, DeAndre Jordan is signing with the Lakers, too. I yeah, guess like that. He just signed <laughs> with the Lakers before the wave went through. Yeah, I know. <laughs> before like, we even waved him. He before he signed. probably was a like... That's tampering, probably. Hey, ban the Lakers yeah, from basketball. He, they should owe us a draft compensation for it. What? Mike started making funny <laughs> uh-huh. noises. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hop into what we've been waiting to do for quite some time now. And that is the weekly picks. Um, we don't have to do it yet. Uh, (laughs) but before we hop, like before we obviously do the weekly picks, I have a couple weekly pick stats from last year. Can you guess what? (laughs) Wait a minute. You went through and did like stats for nerds. I mean, it's not like nothing crazy. Like it's (laughs) not like wild percentage of (laughs) Who, what team got picked the most? Yeah, exactly. By, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I was just going to ask, when do you think the last episode we did weekly picks was? This is episode 106 today. Episode, like, 74. Kind of close. Episode 65. So it's been 40 episodes now. So I was two months off. Yeah. Like, that's Basically. a that's a lot of time that yeah, we that haven't done long. weekly picks for. Um, and then I would just I just have the all-time high in, like, for, a game. for, like, how many picks you got right in a week. Um, the all-time high is 13 by you, but that was in week uh, 17 last year when it's I got a, or I got 10 in that week too. But, oh, because players are yeah, and, and you kind of know. So like that one is the all-time high, but the for a regular week you still have the all-time high with 11, and then you and me each got 10 like a bunch of times. But in week 13 you got 11 right, which oh, was nice. The all-time record. That's a big so. week for me because I would have been losing at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, last year, um, if you didn't know, I had a a huge lead in weekly picks, and I end up blowing it. So mm-hmm. the way we do weekly picks, though, is obviously we pick all the games. It's pretty simple. We, <laughs> we, do, <laughs> we pick all the games, and then if there is a tie, our tiebreakers come down to the primetime games, which is Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. And, you know, if there's three of those games, so if I got two of those right, Easton got one, I get the win for the week. And then if those tie, we have a second tiebreaker where we just pick a game that mm-hmm. we both didn't well, I, yeah, that we that. that we both picked different teams for yep. and we both feel confident in our choice. So yep. that's how we do the tiebreakers. It's incredibly interesting. It's very fun. I love <laughs> weekly picks. Like it's it's a it's like almost another fantasy football thing because I'll be yeah. on Sunday I'm going through the, the games like oh who's who's doing good on my fantasy team, but then it's like, oh shoot, there's a minute yeah, left picked, in this game. Blah, blah, blah. I need this team to win, like yeah. for, for weekly picks. We should start putting actual money on these. Like, not between you and me. Oh, I guess we can't sports gamble yet, but yeah. Once we're twenty one, we're we, gonna we're gonna gamble crazy amounts oh, on these. We will, like on DraftKings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like a whole parlay of all, <laughs> all sixteen games, three bucks. <laughs> no one will we'll never hit that. Never. Ever. ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'd have to get all sixteen right. And put three bucks on it to win thirty now. <laughs> <laughs> like the the odds on that have yeah. to be wild. So I think it is time. 
for the weekly picks. Weekly picks, it's the weekly picks. It's the high tempo weekly NFL picks. Wow. Weekly picks season two. You could not hear that as well as I could. <laughs> Holy shit, did that sound awesome. <laughs> it has been so long since I've heard I know. That. I, I, I missed the weekly picks jingle. It's back now every week. Mm-hmm. And weekly picks season two, week one. Let's get into Let's it. Let's go, baby. Let's start it off. Thursday night football, the first game of the year. The Dallas Cowboys are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa, the reigning champs. Reigning champs got to start off the next season doing well. You can't lose the first game of the year. Going Bucks, Especially to the Cowboys. Can't lose to the not Cowboys. I'm picking the Cowboys. Hell I'm no. picking Tampa Bay. Also, I'm not putting any dumb restrictions on myself this year either. Because <laughs> that, I feel like, low-key kind of lost me the, the And I know why you say year. that right now. Because you picked the Packers over the Saints. No, I'm just saying in general. Because I had like four different yeah, ones. You had I, had, I couldn't million. pick the Packers. Couldn't pick against the Lions. Something with the Couldn't oh, no, pick I had the, Rams. the. No, I couldn't pick the Rams because I said as soon as the team that loses to the Jets, I won't pick <laughs> yeah. them. Because I didn't think the Jets would win. <coughs> and so I couldn't pick the Rams for the last like four weeks of the year. Yep. I don't. Yeah. It was bad. It was dumb. I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't pick the Cowboys like ever just because. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I got the Bucs too week first game. So, do you want me to just go with how yeah. I am my yep. order? Okay. Next game, the really two really bad teams taking each other on here. The Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Houston to take on the Texans. This is like a hard one because they're both going to be bad. And they're both so bad. Yeah. And like, I have no idea what to expect out of Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I think he'd play football in four years. Exactly. Uh, so, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. I'm going <laughs> go Jaguars. I am going with the Houston Texans in this game, even though – if the Texans do win a game this year, it will be this one, and they'll lose out, just like how Jacksonville did last year. Because Houston's going to be really bad. But it's Trevor Lawrence's first game. It's Urban Meyer's first game. Things might not go that well. I'm going with Houston, just because. Yeah, I, I low-key, I, I thought about picking against the Jaguars strictly out of like hate for Urban Meyer. Or dislike, <laughs> I shouldn't say hate. Yeah. Because I don't hate that guy. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Next game. The L.A. Chargers are heading to the D.C. area to take on the Washington football team. Go Chargers. I've got, I have Eckler in fantasy. I wanted Herbert in fantasy. Today I've been making a deal to try and get Keenan Allen. So I'm really going <laughs> You're all making in. a lot of trades. I make so many trades <laughs> in fantasy. I don't really play around. I think it's more fun. Yeah, it definitely is more fun that way. I have my uh, family draft tonight, so I'm super excited. Going for that. Herbert, Eckler, and Keenan. No. Might as well. I don't <laughs> see why you would. Same team. Um, I picked the Washington football team in this game. I think this is going to be a really good game, though. I like this matchup. Uh, be be weary of Washington football. I think they're going to be sneaky good this year. Like, oh, yeah. Sneaky damn good. It's going to start off with a win in week one. Next game, the Seattle Seahawks are taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts revamped. Uh, all the talk is how they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Uh, great defense, great O-line, probably the best O-line in football. Uh, go Colts. I, I got them over the Seahawks. You know, they've done a million times the Seahawks team, it feels like. However, Tyler Lockett can catch as many passes as he wants. <laughs> Just bring up every guy that's on <laughs> Do I have anybody in my other league on these teams? I don't think I have anybody on these teams. Um, I picked the Seahawks, though. No Carson Wentz for the Colts. No, thank you. I'm taking the Seahawks. We have a lot of different ones A lot so of different far. ones off rip. <laughs> Next game, the New York Jets are heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers, the Sam Darnold revenge game in week one. Sam Darnold revenge game stopped short by the Zach Wilson show. Oh, uh, I actually don't even like Zach Wilson that much. I just think the Jets are going to get their win early and then leave. They're, <laughs> I think they're going to say, we'll win this game, then we're done. That'd be cool if they won week one. Yeah, it would be. And big Corey Davis fan. Huge one. I love Corey Davis. Is he on your fantasy team? No, just like him. <laughs> I picked Carolina in this game. I'm not going with the Jets. Don't trust them. And yeah, that's just like one of them picks that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, It'd be cool to guess. Yeah, the that's Jets. the thing. Like, there's no you can't argue these. Picks no, what am I saying? Because the the better team doesn't win every week. That's no. just not how it goes. Absolutely not. Especially picking week one is the is week so one hard. is by far. We'll have like sixes and sevens. On yeah, the side of <laughs> definitely. I'll probably get a thirteen, but like you'll probably have a six or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, next game we have the Minnesota Vikings. 
taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. No way I'm picking against the Vikings. No shot I'm picking up against the Vikings, against the freaking Bengals. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. That is an unbelievable offense. So talented. Uh, and I've got Vikings, no doubt. Yeah, I take Vikings as well. I was considering the Bengals. I think Burrow is playing week one, but mm-hmm. I still went with Minnesota here. Next game, the Air, this is a good one. Arizona Cardinals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Again, the revamped offense of the Titans, losing Corey Davis, bringing in Julio Jones as the replacement. That's a big-time move. Derrick Henry coming off one of the greatest seasons a running back has seen in a long time, probably since Adrian Peterson. Uh, Quite some time, yeah. I mean, Le'Veon Bell had a really good year, year in there, too. But I am going with the Titans' new offense to beat the Cardinals, even though I expect the Cardinals. I expect this game to be extremely high scoring. Yeah, it's going like, to be a good one. Yeah, both team, both really good offenses in this game. I went with the Cardinals in this one, <laughs> going with the road team. We're we're really like uh, all we're completely different. It's pretty cool. Usually we have a lot of the same yeah. too. When, but we will after week one. Yeah. Um. Next game, we have the San Francisco 49ers heading to Ford Field to take on. Your very own Detroit Lions. Detroit. I know. I know <laughs> I can say the bad. Detroit I know it's basketball. the wrong one, but <laughs> um, yeah, first game under the new coaching staff, under the new front office. Ford Field is going to be packed. I, I would love to be at this game. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> it would be awesome. I would love to. But too who, bad we already got tickets to one Lions game. Yeah. Um. Next, or who do you got though? I definitely got the 49ers in this game. I don't expect the Lions to win many games this year. I'm kind of hoping they don't. I don't I don't need to be in a 7-win team or a 6-win team. You see, I was thinking about that, but and you thought, I feel like they're going to get a top if you get a top 3 pick as the Lions, you're kind of forced to draft quarterback. And I am not impressed with any of these quarterbacks yet that are no. coming into this class. Like not one of them has has stuck out to me. So if we don't get a top pick, that's fine. Um, I picked the Lions, of mm-hmm. course. I mean, it's week one. Like as the season goes on and they suck, I will start to not pick them. But week one, I gotta pick the Lions, yeah. and I will be rooting for them. Obviously, because, I'm rooting for them every game. Yeah, but you're going with the safe pick. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which I, but Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to start, I think, right for the Niners. I'm pretty sure Garoppolo uh, no is starting. Clue. And I don't know though, dude. Raheem Mostert in their backfield is gonna tear us apart. Whatever. I'm still picking the Lions. <laughs> I'm excited to see who shines in the um, wide receiver core for the Lions, too, because yeah. somebody has to be a pretty good receiver. I mean, not pretty good, but someone has to be the number one. Mm-hmm. We don't really know who it's going to be, so I'm excited to see that how that goes. I can't think of a better time. We forgot to do it the last few episodes for the shout-out to come after the Lions. I've already got the comment picked out. Both sat down here, drank a Red Bull, just <laughs> put it in there. At Red Bull in the comments. <laughs> Sponsor us. That's all we need. Just at Red Bull. Um, also, if you've been commenting shout out of the week and we've forgotten to shout you out, sorry, we just forget. We just like, we forget. Sometimes we just forget. There's lots of things that go through our heads. <laughs> sometimes we just don't forget. Yeah, exactly. We do forget. <laughs> Next game. This one is going to be a really good game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Buffalo Bills. Man, am I excited for this game. Uh, my least favorite team in the NFL easily. Uh, no, second least favorite team in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I really am hoping they lose this football game to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's that way for a lot of people. Everybody loves Bills. Uh, Bills Mafia is super cool. Uh, Stephon Diggs is my favorite wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> I can't get him in fantasy, sadly. I've tried. But Who's got him? Nate Real, and he is stingy with trade. Him. No, he's just stingy with Stephon Diggs. He <laughs> knows tough. how bad I want. Uh, so I picked the Bills in this game. Yeah, I picked the Bills as well. I think the Bills are, it's a lot of people's, like, at least a lot of people like the Bills. Mm-hmm. It's hard to root against them unless you're, like, a probably, like, a Patriots fan yeah. or a Jets fan or something. They're but. just super exciting football. Like, yeah. They play football. Very fun. Josh Allen is super energetic. They have a lot of fun guys on their mm-hmm. squad, definitely. And their fan base is super crazy, too. Yep. Oh, yeah, I got the Bills as well. Next game, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts' debut. Uh, also, Jalen Hurts' is like debut is like the starting quarterback for sure. Yeah. Like every, He is the guy right now. 
But they got Minshew magic right for, right there, ready to go. For no reason. I really don't get that because I feel like you got to go that, all maybe in. they're not confident in Hurts. Maybe not, but that is not the way to do it with your young quarterback <laughs> who everybody else is not confident in. <laughs> uh, but I went with Jalen Hurts in his first like true, I'm going to call it his first true start uh, for the Eagles. Uh, I'm picking the Eagles in this game. I, I hope Jalen Hurts has a really good game. I like Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons in this game. Their offense is going to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, like I don't know how Jalen Hurts is going to play. We'll see if Philly's defense is all right. Devontae Smith making his debut as well. Two really good offensive rookies making yeah. their debut. But I'm going with ATL. Next game, we have another really, really good game. The Cleveland Browns are headed to Kansas City to take on the run, the reigning Super Bowl runner-ups, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this game, again, is two of my favorite teams to watch in football, and I think that can be said for a lot of the best teams in football. Everybody likes watching the best teams in football. But I have become, and you've heard me talk about them, and just slowly you've seen me develop <laughs> into a fan of the Browns. Uh, I love Baker Mayfield. I like Nick Chubb. Uh, Odell's cool there. Miles Garrett is super cool there. Uh, I like this team a lot, and uh, I would love to see them beat an upset, even though it's a small upset, the Kansas City Chiefs in week one, so I went with the Browns. I was really thinking about picking the Browns, but I didn't. I picked the Chiefs. It just feels I like I really don't have, those, like, a reason, yeah. It feels like one of those games, and I know Patrick Mahomes is the same <laughs> way, where they are, like, Packer, uh, Patrick and Baker are super energetic and, like, very vocal leaders in the locker room, and I can imagine the pump-up speech before these games are wild yeah. from these two. Rematch of the playoffs last mm-hmm. year, too. Yeah, this is going to be a good one, but I, I went with Kansas City. Next, how is this game not prime time, by the way? That's kind this of This is weird. a great game. Um, Next, we have the Green Bay Packers headed to uh, Louisiana, where are they going to be able to play in New no. Orleans? No, because even the— Didn't LSU play, though? I'm pretty sure they no, played in— LSU, they moved the game. Did they? I thought so. I thought I read that they moved the game. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's supposed to be in New Orleans. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but— Green Bay versus New Orleans. I went with Green Bay. Yeah. I went with the Saints. Really? I mean, I'm more so just like hoping Jameis Winston shines. I don't know why. Just I, I cool. He's just a goof. <laughs> he's just an absolute goon. Like, I love that guy. Yeah, I went with Green Bay, though. Uh, I have no reason to pick the Saints. I don't have a reason either. I would love to pick against Green Bay. Won't be rooting for them. I just picked them, though. Next, we have the Denver Broncos taking on the New York Giants. Here's one where I'm going to go with the team that I like more than most people like this year. Uh, I'm going with the Giants. Uh, I am not a guy who hates Daniel Jones at all. Uh, I think he's a decent quarterback. It's Saquon's first game back. Well, supposed to be. I think he's still questionable. But like He's been practicing and stuff. Did you end up trading him away, or is he still on your team? He's still on my team. Okay. I'm going to keep him for the most part. Uh, and then I've got also got Kenny Galladay, but he, won't, he doesn't start for me. But I am extremely excited to watch this game, and I'm rooting for the Giants. Yeah, I picked the Giants as well. Don't have a lot of people are saying the Broncos are a sleeper team this year. I, think I don't know. I don't really see it. I think they'll be another kind of average to below average team. The Giants, they're in a really bad division, so a lot of things could go. They could finish one or they could finish four. Really. Yep. <laughs> but I'm gonna have them starting off with a win against the Broncos. Every game for that division for every team is extremely impressive. Yeah. Or important. <laughs> important. Because yeah. if you win the game, you're probably taking a lead on the division. <laughs> Next, we have the Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots. This is another game I'm really excited for. Uh, Mac Jones looked spectacular in the preseason. Uh, His reads are unreal. His deep ball is way better than everybody thought, and he is incredibly smart. And it came out that he had to teach Cam Newton the playbook at one point. He was teaching him the playbook. That's weird. That is whack. (laughs) No wonder Cam Newton can't find his way. Cam Newton's still not on a team, by the way. Uh with all that being said, go Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like the Dolphins. Uh, I love their colors. Tua, I still don't understand why everybody's so quick to hop off his bandwagon and get off the train. I understand he hasn't been impressive uh, in his first you know games that he's played, and Fitzmagic had a good year last year. But I still don't get why we're hopping off so early with Tua. So I'm going with Dolphins. Yeah, battle of young QBs in this one. I'm taking New England, but this is a the Miami and New England are going to be two very similar teams all year. Mm-hmm. I feel like they both kind of have an average backfield, a pretty good defense, young QBs. I mean, they they have a lot of similarities. Um, no Will Fuller in Week One for Miami, still uh, facing his suspension from last year. 
but I got New England taking this one. Sunday night football, we have the Chicago Bears taking on <laughs> the newly just good team. I don't know what to say. Home to Stafford. New face of the franchise, Stafford and the L.A. Rams. Uh, talk about a game I'm excited for. I will be glued to the screen Max, this whole game. I can't game. wait for this game. Literally bro. cannot wait. Go Rams. There's no question about it. I'm rooting hard for Stafford on national team. Bears probably happy Stafford's out of the NFC North. Oh, you got to take him on week one in L.A. Rams all day, baby. All I'm day. I'm hoping for a blowout. I like, can't wait to watch this I, game, actually. Dude, dude, you have no idea I'm how excited. I will be glued all game <laughs> to the TV. Oh, my word. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. And then moving on to Monday Night Football. We have the Baltimore Ravens taking on John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. Go Birds, baby. Go Birds. Uh, I expect the Ravens to value every win uh, way more and value every game more than they did last year because they ran into off-the-field issues right in the middle of the season with COVID. Uh, So I think they're going to value each game more and actually come out winning more games than they did last year because of that. So I'm going to pick the Ravens. Yeah, they had a lot of COVID issues last year. Uh, I have the Ravens winning this one as well. There's been talk about Le'Veon Bell uh, signing with them as obviously J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. And then Justice Hill, another one of their running backs, is also out for the year. So it's just Gus Edwards right now. Wasn't this the same team that didn't have a running back last year? Like for the one game because of COVID? Um, I don't really know. I think they didn't have a running back. Not really sure. Um, Not sure either. But yeah, that's it for weekly picks. Anything else you got to say about that? Really excited for football to start up. Watching college football Same. got me juiced for the rest of football. Uh, I haven't seen football in a while. It feels like way longer than what the NBA season felt like. Yeah, like it was definitely season. a way longer break. Way longer. And so I'm just excited. excited to get off to a W in week one of weekly picks. So No way. No <laughs> shot. Let's move on to oh, the— Oh, wait. Should we pick our game? We need to pick our oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um— I mean, should we make it the Lions game? No, I'm just kidding. What's like a good game that we both pick different? What Arizona, you picked the Titans, right? What was the game we Packers versus Saints isn't prime time. No, it's not prime time. Let's but that's go. like, I mean, we could go with that one. I was thinking just like a game where it's like a really two really good teams. I feel like the Packers are just the better team than the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Like you picked so the Titans thinking? over the Cardinals, right? Yeah. I was thinking that game. Yep, that's a great game. All right, I'll start. You got a pen? No, we'll That's start fine. off. We'll remember. Room, so. we'll Arizona, remember. Tennessee. Remember that. Yep. That's the tiebreaker for the pro- non-prime time. All right, let's move on. Top 10 power forwards in the NBA. We did top 10 centers last week. If you did not hear that, go check it out. You can check it out on TikTok. We posted that. You can just go listen to our podcast on YouTube um, and listen to our top 10 centers because that was fun. Mm-hmm. Top 10 power forwards is a much more difficult list and is a much more talented list than the centers. Like we said, it it only gets harder as we yeah, go smaller. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about our list last year, though. This The power forwards is kind of a weird one because a lot of guys' positions changed. Um, we're using ESPN's positions, but last year, Bam Adebayo was a power forward. Jason Tatum was a power forward. Um, that's pretty much it, I guess, for mm-hmm. – but. There's a few guys that are power forwards this year that weren't last year. So Yep, like like a Jaron Jackson Jr. was a center last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. He's power forward this season. So um our top one and two were the same. We had Giannis and A D at one and two. So this is last year. Yeah, last year. Okay. I had Tatum at three. You had Siakam at three. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you picked Tatum to win MVP <laughs> with Siakam ranked over him. <laughs> <laughs> it was going into the year, not my expectations yeah, exactly. for the end of the year. Um, I have Siakam at four, though, and you had Tatum at four. We each had Bam at five, so Siakam over Bam. Oh, that's tough. I mean, Siakam just let us all down last year. But. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like they're my ratings based on the season before. Yeah. They're not ranked on last no, year's No, yeah, season. obviously. Um, And then we each had Demonis Sabonis at number six. I had Danilo Gallinari at seven. And you had Paul Millsap at seven, which both of wow. those are just a little, like, dudes aren't a year even from close now, to it's like, now. yeah. Um, we each had John Collins at number eight. I had Zion at number nine. You had Tobias Harris at nine. I had Tobias Harris at ten. Mm-hmm. And you had Christian Wood at ten. So wow. there's no Zion on the list for you. <laughs> wow. I know. Isn't that so weird? Where was Zion on your list? Number nine. I mean, that's okay. still not even fair. I had Gallinari, Gallinari over Zion. Like, obviously, <laughs> a year ago, things are different. Yeah. But 
It's just weird to think about. Well, now Zion's a baller. Like John Collins over Zion? <laughs> what? But he was only coming off of his 19-game rookie yeah. season. So. Yep. Top 10 power forwards, though. Let's get into it, man. Number 10. This Wait, got- honorable mention. Oh, honorable mentions. Uh, I'm I only gonna- have one honorable mention. Yeah, I don't really have. I have, like, P.J. Washington, John Isaac. P.J. Washington. <laughs> Rui Achimura, Aaron Gordon, Brandon Clark. That's it. I mean, yeah, I guess I could throw, like, Aaron Gordon in mine, but I have Jaron Jackson Jr. as yep. an honorable mention. Yeah, I don't have him in there. Either. He's my only guy that I that I thought deserved to be written down. I think we're going to have at least the same 10 guys, though. I, I would think so. I think that we're going to have the same yeah. 10. I don't think that, like, because that's the bottom part of the list is usually hard. Like, who sneaks into the top 10? This I think is the, like the top the It's top like the top five. 10, and then it's like, outside of that, it'd be really hard to sneak somebody else. Yeah, in. I'd say the top, the four through... Six spot is extremely hard for this. The three through six spot is extremely hard on this list. Yeah, like yeah. I, I sat there for a minute. I started this at noon. I thought honestly like for me, like the the six through nine spot was really difficult for me. I guess with my the top six five, nine, I was pretty like I'm cool with that. Like it was pretty quick with the six through nine or the six through nine or six through ten. The only thing is like I'm less likely to argue because these guys aren't like the highly ranked guys. True, true. So like. I might not be as confident, but, like, I don't care as much as I do about top five. Yeah, exactly. That makes any sense. Let's uh, get it. Number 10. Number 10, the guy who fell, and I don't want to blame John Collins for falling to 10 and on my list. Uh, I don't believe it's his fault. He, his, he had a reduced role this last season. Clint Capella showed up, and they really said, we're going to try and make Clint Capella a main part of this offense, and they went out and did it. A uh, great lob catcher from Trey Young, which John Collins also does. But he just had a reduced role this last season. Still had a really great year, and we'll be back with the Hawks, and I expect him to keep improving. And he's going to keep expanding this range on his jump shot until he's shooting, like, consistent bombs from deep. Yeah. I also have John Collins at number 10. Definitely is only going to go up from here. I don't see him falling out of the top 10 power forwards anytime soon unless an emergence of another guy, I guess, takes him out. Jared Jackson Jr. True. But Collins had a really good year. I mean, an injury, I guess, could take him out, too. But Collins had a really good year last year, played pretty good in the playoffs. Definitely had his moments where he shined. He had his moments where he wasn't as good, but it was his first ever playoff run. So all around, it was a good one. He got paid this offseason. Not as much as he wanted going into the offseason. Yeah, but but he's going to be an Atlanta Hawk with Trey Young for a long time. Which is awesome. Yeah, What a great duo. (laughs) I can't wait to watch that duo grow. Number nine, uh, this guy is the only guy to blame for him. Uh, falling. He is alone in his blame, and that is Pascal Siakam. Uh, he dropped way low on my list, and he put up, he ended the season averaging like 21 points a game, uh, which is, you're a stud if you're scoring 20 points a game in the NBA. Uh, however, uh, they're kind of empty, a lot of them, uh, and his start to the season was abysmal. That was when uh, Spinakam or whatever, yeah. <laughs> Pascal's just spin a lot. Uh, he did not look great at the start of the season. Uh, and that's why I'm putting him at nine. And the rest of the guys, I think, all had better years than him. Uh, and they might not be better players than him, but I think they had better years than him last season. Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously this isn't just like based off of last year, but it takes a large consideration. Yeah, if I'm saying the top yeah. 10 players going into this next season, I'm going to heavily consider last yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Like heavily. I do not have Pascal Siakam at number nine, though. I have Tobias Harris at number nine. Tobias Harris had a pretty, pretty good season this year. He was the second best... No, nah, he was the second best offensive player on his on the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Um, obviously Ben Simmons was probably the second best player, but you could argue Tobias Harris, I guess, especially in the playoffs, he was the second best yep. player. But um, yeah, Tobias definitely like proved the bad contract thing wrong last year. He really had a, had a good season. I mean, he, they had him running the small forward next to Horford and Embiid two years ago when he didn't really look that good. And he finally was naturally playing the power forward last year, next to Embiid. Played really well, a really good scorer, good shooter. His defense obviously isn't the best, but Tobias Harris is still one of the better, um, like, non-all-star non players in the yeah. NBA. Like, he's one of the best guys to ne- not make an all-star game in the NBA. Yeah, and he's just a straight bucket getter. Like, yeah. Tobias Harris gives you buckets. Super smooth, uh very efficient last season, which was the big thing for him. Yeah. His efficiency two years ago. I mean, was he would horrible. have games where he'd just take over, yeah, too. And just dominate. His yeah. pull up jump shot's unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll post you off. He's really quick and smooth compared to the other power forwards in the league. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. He's yeah. very, mu- very much quicker than them. 
Uh, and he is that he is my number eight. He has one spot inside in front of Pascal, and that's strictly based off the years the teams had. And you know, I think uh, Tobias filled his role perfectly this year, and that's like that's a huge part yeah. where you can do something perfectly. That's that's huge. I uh, have Siakam at number eight. I just put Siakam over Tobias Harris because this they kind of had reversed seasons. I guess like two years ago, Tobias had a really bad year, and then he improved last year, and then. You flip it, Siakam was really good two years ago and had a disappointing year last year. But I think Siakam was better in his better year than Tobias Harris was. And I think Siakam literally just was was had a bad season because the whole Raptors organization just had a really odd year. I mean, they weren't playing at home at all. They never had fans the whole year. Um, they had a lot of injury issues all season. Definitely not making excuses for Siakam. And like you said, he still had a, a pretty... A, a pretty decent statistical yep. year. He probably put up very similar stats to Tobias Harris, but it just wasn't what we expected from Siakam coming off of a all NBA second te- or second team all NBA year that he had two years ago. And I really hope Siakam can improve his game again this year because it would really suck if he kind of just like plateaued and was mm-hmm. never that good again. Uh, my number seven is a guy who, uh, in no way, shape, or form, is he he's the least talented player on this whole list. Uh, by far, but uh, he just does things in the game that aren't measured in stats. Uh, average like nine points a game, eight rebounds, eight assists. That's Draymond Green. I think he was third in the league in assists and all yeah, with eight point seven. Top five, definitely. Uh, which is unreal. I mean, he's six six power forward uh, who plays point guard on offense. Draymond Green had a very good year this year. All NBA, def- uh, all NBA defender, uh, an absolute stud, averaging nine eight and eight. But those that nine, eight, and eight also makes it very hard for me to bump him up into that top six. And those the six guys in front of him are the six guys in front of him. And you you realize he can't <laughs> he can't slide him. Yeah. There. Um Draymond Green, I also have him at number seven. Definitely just plays above the box score. I mean hundred mm-hmm. percent. Draymond Green really was a huge piece to this Warriors team last year, especially when two years ago when they were really bad. Everyone was saying Draymond was kind of washed. He, you know, he's his his he needs Steph Curry to be good, which I do. I think he his game is elevated with Steph Curry, but that is strictly because he knows how to. I think Steph Curry's game is not nearly as good without Draymond Green. Agreed. Too. Draymond Green knows how to get Steph Curry so open, how to get him his points, and Draymond Green obviously he was a uh, finished third in Defensive Player of the Year. Like you said, he was one of the top guys in assists this season. Is going to play great defense on anybody. One of the best leaders in the NBA. Um, and I'm excited to see how he's going to do with all these younger forwards and big men that they have on the team. Because last year we saw a lot of times where he was coaching James Wiseman on the court and teaching him things. We'll see if he does that with Kaminga and Moses Moody too. But uh, yeah, Draymond at number seven. Remember, these players had a summer to deal with Draymond and listen to him now. Uh, James Wiseman now has a, like an actual summer under his belt, listening to Draymond mm-hmm. and learning how to screen. Uh, I expect this Warriors team be, to be way better because a team that's going to benefit the most from having extra time to practice is this Warriors team. I uh, expect them to come out and be lethal this yeah. next season, with especially with having a top seven point power forward in the NBA. Uh, my number six is a guy who you could definitely argue to be higher, and I would get it. Uh, but he had a disappointing year last year, and he was injured for most of the year and injured a lot. Uh, and that's Anthony Davis. Really? He, he, wow. And that's strictly based off the recency bias of last season where he was just not the same Anthony Davis we've been seeing in the past. I really believe he needs to go back to playing a lot more center minutes. Uh, I don't like him at the forward as much as I like him at the center. Uh, he's just He just doesn't fit the style of a power forward that I want to see on this Lakers team next to LeBron because they don't have another shooting center. Their other center just clogs the paint yeah. at that point. And that takes a whole level away from AD. Drummond game. was not the answer, yeah. <laughs> was far from it. So I'm not going to blame AD because he didn't get as much paint touches as he would have wanted this season. Uh, however, I, I have to take into account, and that's why I got AD at number six. I did not expect that. I mean, AD definitely had a disappointing year last year for him. Yeah, it was like 20, 21 or 20 points. Yeah, I think like game. 21 points, like eight or nine rebounds, but was injured for a large yeah, majority of the year. A lot of the year. And obviously that you have to take that into consideration a little bit. But 
when AD is healthy and he's still one of the top rim protectors in the NBA, one of the best defensive forwards in mm-hmm. the NBA, um, is still a really good scorer. Um, I don't have AD that quite that low, but I have Demonis Sabonis at number six. Had a fantastic year last year. Really was a he was a all all star for the second straight year. One of the better offensive uh, big man, I guess, in the NBA. The Pacers. I'll still talk about. You know they. It's been talked about him and Miles Turner, one of them getting moved for so long now. Still hasn't happened. I don't see why it can't work. I mean, Miles Turner is brings the exact opposite of Demonis Sabonis, whereas he is going to protect the rims and doesn't Sabonis, need the ball. Yeah, doesn't need the ball. Whereas Sabonis, I mean, he even he had several games where he had a triple double last mm-hmm. year. He I think he averaged five or six assists. A very good playmaker as well. Um, he he can stretch the floor slightly, but he is more of a inside the three point line type of player. I like Sabonis' game a lot. He had a really good year last year. I got him at six. And I've got Sabonis at five. And one thing I th- you didn't mention was that he finished averaging the most rebounds per game of any power forward with 12. That is a lot of rebounds yeah. for that guy, especially in the paint next to Miles Turner. He's not alone down there. He's not Drummond who just stands down there, too. <laughs> I mean, this dude, that is rebounding. Not Drummond throwing the ball off the glass to himself to, to <laughs> pass his Six offensive <laughs> rebounds. Uh, and I got Sabonis at five. Strictly for his success next to another big man. Uh, he was extremely successful playing next to another big man. who They were looking to move all year, and at that point, you're trying to get him more touches, make him more valuable, show what he can do, and Sabonis still went out and balled out and was an all-star. Yeah, on a team that didn't make the playoffs too. So Sabonis definitely played really good last year. Mm-hmm. Top five. Um, wait, are we in the top yeah, five? Yeah, that was okay, my five. Okay. My number five. Julius Randle of the New wow. York Knicks. Most improved player last year. Really just carried this Knicks team to a playoff spot. Um, Randle was a guy that, if you would have told me a year ago, he would be in the top five power forwards in the NBA. And power forward is one of the most top-heavy positions, too. I said you're crazy, but Randle really just balled out last year, became one of the better players in the league, all-NBA player, all-star and we'll see how he does this year with this new Knicks team. But Randall and Sabonis honestly have a very similar like statistical numbers, I guess. They're going to put up similar numbers. Randall, I think, plays on the perimeter a little more. And I hope he makes the playoffs again next year because he really did underperform in the playoffs. And we'll see if that can improve next year. Yeah, Randall ended up like 28, 9, and 8 or something like that. Wow. Oh, he didn't stats. put up 28 points. That was would it be not, crazy. Was it 23? I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like 23 23 24, which is still obviously a lot. Yeah. But uh, And I'm actually going to switch my 3 and 4 because looking at it now, it's just wrong. <laughs> uh, my number 4 is Julius Randle. Uh, he was an absolute monster last year until the playoffs hit. And I didn't even think about playoffs recency bias, but I have to take into account if I'm taking into his whole season last year because uh, that's the only reason he's here. If it wasn't for last year, he's we don't even talk about his name. And I mean, he was not good in the playoffs. Yeah, like, he, was he really straight up didn't not have. Good. He literally like didn't even have a game where he was no. good. <laughs> so uh, Julius Randle is going to be number my number four. Uh, I'm really hoping he has another good year because he was so much fun to watch when he was good. Honestly, how crazy would it be if he had just this one year where he was so good and, just and then passed. just like went back to being like a six like. 17 points, like bad efficiency. We saw it happen before. <laughs> that would We've be seen so it happen. Funny. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas did it. You, Yeah, it's a little different. Because <laughs> Isaiah Thomas was better before he was good. Like and he was, had a few years of being good, too. Yeah. And he's also five foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the fall off is what I'm saying. The fall off yeah. has happened. And though. more of an injury kind of made the fall off happen. But, yeah, it, it definitely could happen. I hope it doesn't. Me though. either. I like watching Julius Randle play well. He's your number three? Four. Four, number four, yeah. My number four is Zion Williamson. Um, I love Zion. I, I used to be the biggest Zion, not hater, but I just didn't like him at Duke just because I, I don't like Duke. Um, and I never really thought he would be crazy in the league. Boy, was I wrong. Um, Zion is Zion is still just like not underrated because I think everyone knows how good Zion is. But I just – people I think still don't realize – like Zion for sure can still be the best player in the league. Like he's he's a one of the most polarizing prospects basketball's ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I mean he just dominated last year. There is so many plays of him just I I mean breaking down his not not even highlights, just his offensive skill set. He is so quick. I mean he is taking these seven foot bigs off the dribble 
and rising over the top before they even have a chance to even move. Try to yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he is so fast. Um, it is really unfortunate that Lonzo Ball is no longer on his team because he was a really nice point guard paired up with him. We have Jonas Valanciunas now next to him, so maybe that can open up the paint a little more for Zion. But I hope the Pelicans don't fumble the bag with Zion because it would be a shame to loot, to not be able to have any success with a guy of Zion's caliber. Zion was an all-star last year in his second season. And honestly, I, I think Zion is probably going to be an all-NBA player this year. He was He was very close to making one this year. So I got Zion at number four. And no doubt in my mind... Do I see Zion as eventually maybe being the best power forward? Like, there's a very good chance he's the best power forward on this list in four years. Uh, granted, there is still Giannis, maybe like six years. But Zion is unreal and is straight up. And I'm, it blew everybody out of the water, I think, with expectations. I don't think anybody expected him to be this great, yeah. this good, into his or this early in his career. I mean, he was year two player. And dominated, averages like twenty four a game. Yeah, and he don't even shoot threes. Does like, not. He took. He doesn't have to. Did he take a single three last year? He probably took a few, but I mean, there was most of the games he did not take. Yeah. A three. He, why would you? Yeah. I mean, you can just. He and, might have not taken any. Like, I, I just. I think there at might some be a chance. Point, he didn't at some take point, it. there was probably a three that he shot probably from but, the corner. But like, he doesn't. He didn't have to. No, absolutely not. And he is my number three. Uh, and I seriously cannot wait to watch Zion Williamson play basketball again this year. And I'm like you said. If the Pelicans fumble, the fact that they have Zion Williamson <laughs> and only can oh keep him for God, three dude. years, and he wants out after three years, I would feel so bad for Pelicans fans, bro. Dude, so I would feel bad. so bad. I would feel like, because there's no reason that can't happen to us and Cade. Granted, like, I think we have a much better roster, but that's a scary yeah. thought. And it seems like Cade wants to be in Detroit, too, where it's like, has Zion, Zion really, Gumbo. has he shown, like, emotion that he wants, or just at all that he wants to be in yeah. New Orleans? Not really, like, not mm-hmm. really at all. So. Cade's been... Hyping up Detroit, hit yeah. the buffs on at draft night. <laughs> that was the coolest thing still. Yeah, ever. I know. Underrated cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Zion is he he New Orleans needs to figure it out with Zion because it can't be that hard. No. It can't be that hard to figure out how to build around him. Devontae Graham over Lonzo Ball. Eh, not the start. Not not the best start. Yes, the Valentunas move, I do like that. But we'll see. You're they're putting a lot of pressure on their other young guards to improve. And mm-hmm. unless they decide to make, I don't know. They're just, they're such a middle-of-the-pack team almost. Yeah. Like, like they I have young, they, they have young guys, but really other than Zion, none of them have shown that they're going to improve immensely yet. I mean. Mm-hmm. B.I. will get better. Ingram, is, I'm not really even counting Ingram because, I mean, he, I guess he is a younger player still, but I'm talking more like Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyra Lewis Jr., Yes, they're all still very young in their careers, but they haven't shown much yet mm-hmm. as far as that they're going to be really good. I, I, I mean, they Kyra had a Trey Lewis, Murphy in the I, draft, but literally no idea what to expect from Kyra Lewis. Kyra, I don't Kyra Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what to expect from that guy. Like, did he even play last year? Many yeah, minutes? he played a good amount. Did he? And, but they still had Eric Bledsoe, so now he's gone. And Nikhil Alexander Walker yeah. and Ball. I think uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to have a very intense role this year we'll see how well he plays but Mm -hmm. top three for me number three I still have Anthony Davis at number three um yes Anthony Davis underperformed last year but he is still one of the best 11 players in the NBA in my mind and me putting him any lower than Zion or Randall would go against that so AD no matter how bad the year he had last year if I had to take AD over or Zion AD or Randall I'm still going with Anthony Davis and I think that he's going to ball out again this year and I, I mean, I don't know. I just hope that the Lakers. I want to say I, he's him. And the Lakers are going to show, but at the same time, I don't want the Lakers to dominate. I guess so. Me either, but I, I really, I really don't know what I want them to root for with the Lakers. I want so. them to be really like. Good. I kind of want Braun to get number five, but and Russ to I get one. I want the Nets to win though. Like what about I, Russ getting one. Oh, that's so true, dude. Russ could but get like, one I want, this year. But like, I want the the Pistons. The, the Eastern Pistons to win the ring, though. <laughs> like Sekou, Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin. The, the Lola Jaleel Okafor. All them dudes are going to get rings. Yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, but AD at number three, he definitely, you know, there was, when we did this list last year, there was debate AD over Giannis. That's not in the occasion anymore. Mm-hmm. AD doesn't deserve to be in the top two. But I think he's still number three. Yeah, like top two was way different than number three yeah. this year. Uh, number three does not touch top two. 
Not even close. Top two. This is a this is a debate right here. We'll see what we got. You think this is a debate? I mean, I think this is a big time debate right now because these two in the top yeah. two are considered maybe it's the Katie and Giannis, it might be the top two know. in the NBA. I mean, they're definitely yeah. oh easily could be number one and two. Yeah, I think a lot of people have them as the top one and two. So well, I'll tell you who I got as the best player in the NBA this year. My number one, which will tell you my number two, the number one power forward in the NBA is Giannis Antetokounmpo. The number two power forward in the NBA is Kevin Durant. Uh, Giannis was that man this year in the NBA. He was unbelievable in the playoffs, in the regular season. There was, I mean, yes, there was doubt, but we had never had any reason to doubt him all yeah. year because he never showed a reason to doubt, except for his long And I think there was team. just doubt because of the Bucks' disappointing playoffs this, runs the last two yep. years. Well, oh, is the wall going to work this yeah. year? Yeah, he can still run Like they were, they, they were running the wall, and Giannis was still putting up 31, 17, and 5. Like, like dominating. <laughs> yeah, the wall is doing a great job. You're, they would still win the game, but mm-hmm. anyways. What's your, what's your top two? Well, tell me why you have Giannis over KD, though. Uh, and KD is obviously like right there. Uh, KD doesn't bring it like Giannis does defensively. That's a huge difference in their game. But KD is also the three-level scorer that he is. Giannis can't step outside the three-point line. Uh, and that's a huge difference in players. However, I'm going to value the ring this last season of that Giannis grabbed, the MVP that Giannis grabbed. Uh, this guy, is, Giannis is on a roll, and I think he's the best player in the league right now. There's no saying that KD can't be that after this season. When the Nets probably make the finals, I mean it'll be Bucks Nets in the uh, barring any injury. Yeah, it'll be but Bucks, I mean it just Nets. depends on how the standings are. They will play at. Some I assume point. they'll be. I really hope they're one and two. Yeah, like I, that's my. That would be that would be that's ideal. perfect. Yeah, or at least because they played last year, but it was in the semis, and it was just like, well, now whoever wins this is gonna win. Win, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my number one and number two. I have Kevin Durant as a number one power Whoa. forward in the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo number two. Um, I will talk about Giannis first and then talk about KD. Everything you said about Giannis, 100% legit. Um, I have no like hate against Giannis. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, the way that Giannis and the Bucks won their ring is so, I'm just so jealous of Bucks fans. I mean, they literally did it as a Pistons fan, as a small market team. We've talked about this a lot, but it is so, so perfect. The way, obviously, the injuries and everything, who cares about that? The way that they drafted their superstar and grew him into the player he is. He didn't leave. They traded for a guy who was a nobody, and he grew into a great player. They traded for Drew Holiday, who isn't a superstar by any means, Mm -hmm. but they went all in. Um, They have this coach that everyone's saying they got to fire, and he ends up winning them the ring. I mean, Giannis, 50 points in Game 7. One of the best defenders in the NBA. One of the most dominant offensive players in the NBA. There's not much he can't do other than shoot the ball. And he doesn't have to. Like, he no. literally doesn't have to. And he will, though. I mean, he'll hit random threes. And his, he shot free, throw, free throws well in that uh, last game of the finals, too. Kevin Durant, though, at number one for me. The first thing is, um, I feel like it doesn't get brought up enough that if Kevin Durant wears a half-size shoe smaller, they def- the Bucks don't win the championship. I yeah. think that is... I feel like that is not talked about enough. Because Kevin Durant is... Honestly, in NBA history, if there is a player I need to score the ball, it's, it's Kevin Durant. Yep. Over over Jordan, over LeBron, over Kobe, Kevin Durant is the no, the best scorer, I think. And that, uh, to me, is so important. And we're also forgetting that Kevin Durant came off of a, a season where he did not play for an entire year coming off of, what, torn ACL or torn Achilles, I think. One of the two. Um, at 32, 33 years old and then comes out and dominates the way he did this year, got hurt again this year and missed a good amount of time. That Nets team in the in the series against the Bucks didn't have Kyrie, and then Harden came back and played two games <laughs> when playing. he should not have played. No, I mean, he he's, there was no reason for him to be playing. Blake Griffin was the second-best player on that team. Kevin Durant had a 50-point triple-double in that series, was just going absolutely ballistic, and I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA right now meaning he's the best power forward. Yeah, and I can definitely see that. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Nats basketball this year. Uh, and, and I, you know, you think about it, and that half-shoe size is just, that's one of those unreal moments. <laughs> that doesn't history. really get talked about or brought up, I feel like. like it did, like, two months It's not taking away ago. nothing from the Bucks, but it's just like, 
like that shot literally like yeah. that changes everything. Two inches. That the Nets are would win a, would win, and that would just change. I mean, you might even have KD over Giannis oh, in I that would. situation. No, I would. And it's just such a small like he still made the shot. You know. Yep. I don't know. Just was online. It's so unreal that that Kevin Durant is as good as he is. Unbelievable. One of the craziest players in NBA history. Yeah, and if you hate KD for what he did and everything, sure, but at least appreciate how good he is at basketball. Like watching him. And it's just, you hear the dudes in the league talk about KD. I mean, they... They talk about him like he's a god. They talk about him like he is a god. All of them do. And, like, I'm not saying they don't talk about Giannis like that, because they do, (coughs) but you, you just... You just hear more dudes talk about KD yeah. very highly than pretty much any other player, even more than LeBron. Yeah, I feel people. Like. I mean, he is the Julio Jones, I'd say, of yeah. the NBA. Everybody praises Julio Jones as the greatest wide receiver they've ever seen. And that's the same way thing we do with KD. It's like there's not a guy in, who does basketball better. Than yeah, him. I agree. That's the same way. Is that pretty much wrap it up? I think that wraps up the episode. Thank you for listening. Top 10 power forwards is done. We'll do our top 10 small forwards next. And we're going to have a week of NFL football next time you hear us. Yes, yes, yes. Peace. Bye.